Hello, welcome to Talent Talks, episode seven of season two. Now, you might notice I'm not Nick. I, I said to him once, hey, Nick, I'm taking your job, step aside. And uh, now I'm here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Nick is not here, unfortunately. Uh, instead, we got Dr. Michelle Weber. We got Kasten, Cynthia, Carrillo, I hope I said it right, Anthony, or Rico, and right. I'm Jonah. So welcome to Talent Talks, and I hope everybody's ready for a great discussion today. Awesome. Thanks, Jonah, for starting us off right. Um, we are here to talk about mental health, um, and it's sort of that point in the semester where everybody's feeling it. Everybody's feeling dragging. Um, everybody's, uh, especially with the new variant coming around, we had hoped to be past a lot of this uh, coronavirus stuff, and that's kind of been a bummer and a downer. So lots of things going on in the world that could affect our mental health. Um, we're just going to talk about how to uh, take care of ourselves, especially before finals and the holidays and whatnot. Um, so I just kind of want to go around and find out what everyone's experience is with their mental health and what they do to sort of um, deal with depression or anxiety or whatever issues that you might have, because I feel like we all experience them and have them. Um, so throw to Anthony first to start us off the way I, the way I deal with it is, is try to just, it's not the greatest way of dealing with it, but it's just try to accept the things you can't change really. And stop trying to put so much pressure on yourself to fix everything and just understand. Cause I feel like half of it is being anxious about the fact that you are anxious <laughs> and it just kind of compounds itself. And I, during the pandemic, it got like 10 times worse for me because everything else, every, there was nothing to do. And that's another, just keeping myself busy is the best thing I can do to combat it and just not getting out and just getting, stop overthinking everything and seeking professional help when needed, if possible, is always the best thing is accepting that sometimes you need, you know, you need somebody to talk to or you need medication in some, in cases. Yeah, absolutely. And everyone's different as far as what treatment they need or if they need medication or not. Um, and that's certainly the best place to start is just seeking help and recognizing that it's okay too. Um, how about you, Kasten? So I have a uh, very complex history with Miss with um mental health and mental illness. I, I am bipolar. I have PTSD and I 
you know, I've had my fair share around the merry-go-round, I would say. So, um, you know, I seek medication, very open about that. It's just who I am, you know, I think medication isn't for everyone, but the, those it's for, it's a lifesaver for me at least. Um, but I think something that, you know, I've always tried to generally remind myself is, you know, you're you. I know that's kind of like, sometimes we feel bad about ourselves, but what my point is, you know, you have to find it within yourself sometimes to either have hope or play the game to, until you feel better. Even if, you know, I know not everyone likes band-aiding things, but sometimes you got to put a band-aid on it even <laughs> just for 10 minutes. It's just human. I mean, I know we're not told to band-aid things, but sometimes you got to play a game for a few minutes so you cool down. I know that very well. Go pet your dog. There's so many simple things, and those are kind of some things that come off the top of my head. Awesome. Thank you, Kasten. How about mm -hmm. Jonah? <laughs> well, my history with depression is kind of all, all over the place, all right? I've never really been diagnosed with any sort of mental illnesses, and I'm not a mental illness professional, so I can't really speak for everybody. Uh, but I recently did a video on my main channel titled use these four steps to cope with depression fast, no therapy or pills needed, which I'm not trying to take away from folks like Haston who use pills because obviously you got the treatment you needed and I'm happy for you. But you don't need to spend a whole bunch of money on maybe a medication that could not, it, it, it could or it could not save you. And you shouldn't depend solely on like a substance or something like that to make you feel better. Uh, you got to do a few different things. You got to acknowledge the problem, realize what it is, realize the, uh, that you have a problem because it's pretty, it's pretty obvious when you do have a problem and you could just ask yourself, is what I'm doing correct? Okay. You could ask yourself, is what I'm doing right? Do I feel good at the end? And do I feel happy and fulfilled overall? Because I realized that feeling good is something that you have to learn how to do over time. And feeling good, something that you kind of got to work for. And really the best forms of accomplishment are the ones that you have to work for and that sort of thing. And, you know, life isn't a struggle. Like life isn't supposed to be a puzzle that you have to put together. It's meant to be lived and take things one step at a time. Every day that you have a beating heart, you're winning. And a lot of people tend to forget this, especially when they're going through a really, really rough time in their life. Now, you can choose to win easier because... At the end of the day, we've only got a certain amount of beating heartbeats, like we've only gotten a certain amount of heartbeats on this planet before God finally decides that he wants to see us. So why not just make the most of it and why not push the limit while you still can? I mean, my way of coping, especially with my depression now, as of I think this is the most mentally stable I've been pretty much all my life. I like going to the gym. I like working out. And the reason I like working out is because it's the easiest way to get out of my comfort zone. It's the easiest way to push that limit. And I believe somebody else on the Talent Talks, a previous episode said that great rewards don't come from comfort zones. That quote stuck with me. It really, really did because I've kind of had my entire life up to this point on easy mode. I have, you know, a good house. I've got everything that a lot of depressed people don't have. And I kind of got into a standpoint of, you know what? I'm depressed, but I'm not a victim because I've got everything that I need. I've got everything that anybody could possibly want. 
but there are a lot of people that are in situations that are way, way, way worse than mine. So why not just appreciate what I have and why not use that to build off of it and, you know, push that limit? You know, I might've been able to, I might've been able to tricep press 85 pounds last week. Why not go 90 next time? And why not go 95? And while I'm pushing the limits in the gym, why not push the limits at work, you know, school, improve my grades, improve my work ethic, all that sort of thing. So it's all about having the right hobby. It's all about not giving into self-pleasure, which I'll get to in a little bit of a, I want to let somebody else talk for a minute here. So overall, the entire premise of what I'm trying to say here is you got to appreciate what you have and you got to build off what you have and you got to learn how to strive for success and you got to learn how to strive for happiness because that's the only way you're going to make it in this really, really messed up world that we live in today. Awesome. Thank you, Jonah, for sharing. You're welcome. How about Cynthia? I really didn't say anything. Like, Jonah just said that perfectly. Like, honestly, what I was about to say, he said that everything. Okay. Okay. We so can just rewind the last four minutes and we can give you a chance to <laughs> yeah. speak. I didn't mean to dominate or anything. No, I'm no, sorry. No. I basically was going to say, like, yeah, I don't mean do you? I know that you have epilepsy and it's something that really affects um, I don't your life. Let it affect my life. Okay. Like, personally like as much anymore okay um, but how, was, like, how do you do that then <laughs> so um I don't, I usually like to listen to a lot of music um I find it really relaxing somehow um but I'm also a very independent person so like if I have a problem then I just think to myself but that's about it I don't have medication for depression I don't mm-hmm. believe in it like Jonah said I mean, that's about it. <laughs> Everything okay. else is what Jonah said, and I'm just going to basically repeat it. So, all right. Well, thank you for sharing, Cynthia. Um, a couple of things that I personally do um, because I, I do have depression and I do take medication for it, I've been on it most of my life. Um, and one thing that has really been a lifesaver for me during the pandemic is my dogs um but as a group as a pack my husband and myself and my three dogs go on a three mile hike every morning we leave about 6 30 when the sun's coming up um and it's just like sort of like the reset button for your day you know you're outside you're breathing fresh air um the dogs couldn't be happier and their energy is contagious Um, and by the time I get home, even if I didn't want to go, um, I feel like, okay, yeah, this is a good day. I can start off right. Things are going to go well. Um, another thing that I have an issue with is doom scrolling. (laughs) Um, and I don't know if you guys do this either. I used to. All the, all the, I'm doing it right now. Yeah. Um, especially in the last four years (laughs) or five years actually um and i think that maybe i thought and i I mentioned this on our discord server earlier today that i thought that if i knew everything about what was going on in the world that i could somehow have this magic cloak that would help me to save everyone and everything um and that's a pretty big burden to try and carry the whole weight of the whole world. (laughs) I know, Kasten, I know that you are 
highly empathetic and read a lot of news too and and we talk about it from time to time because it really affects us um and mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. <laughs> so one thing i've learned to do is that you have to sometimes unplug um you have to get off the toxicity of facebook or twitter and just the downer headlines and I mean, which is hard because I mean, I'm a journalism professor. I need to know what's going on in the world. I need to be informed, but at the same time, not if it's going to affect my mental health. And so what I started doing was, yeah, I read the news, but I also change the things that I have control over and try and do my best to immerse myself in those things. And those things are my classes. Um, the talent, you guys. Um, and those are the things that I actually can affect and make better rather than just feeling completely helpless because I'm scrolling through my Twitter feed and the whole world's falling apart. Um, that can be overwhelming, cause you anxiety um, and so forth. So those are my tips on how to um, deal and cope with things. Um, one of the things that I always tell Kasten is uh, you need to stop what you're doing, go take a deep breath, breathe in and out slowly, maybe go outside. Um, going outside usually helps me sort of like reset or clear, um, especially if you have anxiety. That's another thing that I didn't struggle with before, but it seems to be something that sort of come on um, just due to the state of the world and things so um, sometimes it's important to just stop and sort of recalibrate otherwise you sort of get into this thinking where you're just sort of spinning into like a death spiral um, so there we go anyone else have things they do or things you want to share uh, i'd like to share a few more things if you don't mind yeah of course <clears throat> excuse me i realized that dopamine spikes the biggest dopamine spikes tend to come from all of the wrong things and i mentioned this in my video from yesterday as well there was a segment where i went on about social media in an earlier video talking about how harmful it is and how mental bandwidth has been consistently tied to things that it should not be tied to and that's probably one of the bigger reasons to why we have so much depression in the world because mm -hmm. there are a lot of people that tie their self-esteem to work or you know how many likes i can get on instagram and mm. you know i hope that cute guy saw my snap story or i hope <laughs> that cute girl sends me a snapchat i hope maybe if i show her my teeth she'll like me or she'll send me some approval that sort of thing and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even joking. This is stuff that I went through as well. Social media, I think, is really, really harmful for the most part because it doesn't exactly encourage self-comparison. That's just something that it does on the side. It's not necessarily encouraging bad behavior, people-pleasing behavior. It's just kind of an unintended consequence. So my self-esteem, I realized, started really, really boosting after getting rid of my Instagram account, after I got rid of my Snapchat account, after I, you know, deleted my online persona and started enhancing my real life persona. And the dopamine spikes that I do get, I tend to release by, you know, spinning that wheel of fortune that I made, you know, because, you know, I crafted that and I made it happen. Therefore, I can flourish in the benefits that I get from it. Yep. And... 
something else that I realized is that the second that all of the pleasure and approval seeking behaviors are removed, that's when you'll actually be forced to work for that success. That's when you're actually going to be forced to work for the approval of others. And you're not just going to get it handed to you on a silver platter. That sort of thing. Because if you constantly get things handed to you, you're never going to know how to work for more. Yeah, because you're in this mindset and you live in this reality where all of the benefits are just handed to you and you won't feel like you have to improve yourself. That's probably why narcissistic behavior exists because there are a lot of people that think they own the world and they think they own the world because they never had to work for success a day in their life. So, you know, with all that being said, now you've got my permission to delete your Instagram account. Now you've got my permission to eradicate all of the social media accounts that you've got. And now you've got my permission to start striving for that success and start pushing the limits. Awesome. So did you just delete that? That's all you did? You just wiped yourself off of social media? Wiped myself completely clean from it. And I didn't look back. And when was was this? Just out of curiosity. Last July. So July of 2021. I think there was only one person that I actually... Okay, a little bit of a backstory here. There was one person on Snap that I was really interested in keeping in touch with. And that was the one person that I told, hey, I'm deleting my social medias, but I want to keep you relevant to my life. I think we only texted each other for like a brief second one time within that time period. And we haven't heard from each other since. So I decided, you know what? She's out of my life. That's fine. I still drive the same car. I still have the same job. I still live in the same place. Mm. I can make it. Yeah. I'm out with the old and with the new. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that, Jonah. Yeah, I my pleasure. I um took Facebook off my phone. That was that was as far as I went. <laughs> but and how's it how's it been for you? Like that how much that better. Oh yeah. Good. I found out I was angry all the time. Like angry at stupid things too. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. And Catherine knows we've talked about some of my Facebook wars with people. Um, (laughs) It's just, it's crazy. It is. I mean, it's that dopamine high and it's not even the likes. It was just like the rage from some random person saying Mm -hmm. something that is against what I believe. And Uh, um, yes, yes, yes. Pretty open-minded with people in person. So it's like, um, it's uh, kind of against my personality to be that rageful and angry all the uh-huh. time. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I get what you mean fully, 100%. I used to do the same thing, particularly last year. Hmm. Yeah, last year, I think, is the most depressed I've ever been. Hmm. And I use the word depressed kind of loosely because, again, I was never diagnosed. I never really right. went in for counseling or therapy or any of that sort of thing. I tried to one day because I had a mental breakdown completely out of nowhere at work once and so Mm -hmm. I tried to but I decided you know what this can wait and I ended up waiting too long and I started having more and more and more breakdowns Mm -hmm. and then one day something happened and I was like okay I've got a problem I think it's time to turn this around and so I started eliminating turmoil from my life Mm -hmm. little by little by little and I'm still doing so anyways though you were saying something I did not mean to interrupt and go on another one of my tangents that's right Jonah Um, I was just going to throw to Anthony and see if he had anything to add. Yeah, I deleted Facebook last year, too. And and what caused that? And and how do you feel now? I just like me and my parents have extraordinarily different beliefs. Same. I, I, I don't have a problem with them as people. 
But if I had to see my dad post one more Trump thing, I was going to I was going to lose my actual mind. And it's just like I need I was like, I need to stop. This is just. It's so I mean, Instagram, I can live with because I use it for the band and for the paper sharing stories. And I very much limit who I follow. I've been oh, I'm sorry. 29. So I've literally had a face. Oh, I should have, sorry. <laughs> but I've had a Facebook since it existed. So every single person I've ever met in my life is on, is on there. So I have to see every single thing from every oh, person. Yes. Same. It's just, <laughs> it's toxic. Toxic. Yeah, exactly. It's just toxic. It's Instagram is better because people aren't posting as much stuff on, on it's, I feel it because you can't like, you can't really share that much stuff on Instagram. It's just a different like way. <clears throat> it's not like Twitter or Facebook. I've never been on Twitter, so I don't really know. But yeah, I mean, Twitter would not be the place for you. No, Facebook is awful, and I think it's they're ethically awful as well. <laughs> Twitter's probably yeah. a thousand times worse. You're making the right decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twitter, there's maybe ten percent of the population on. That's what I figured. It's like nobody, um, nobody I really no. know is on. And it's like this own echo chamber of partisanship. Yeah. Um, and so you're either a politician or you're a journalist. Yes. <laughs> or you're a troll. So I'm sure I'll, get, I'm sure I'll in. As, no, I might start a Twitter account just to be a troll. <laughs> it just makes the worst. I, I'm assuming I'll have to get on Twitter at some point because a lot of journalists have to do their stories through Twitter and they have to live tweet things like that. And it's, it's, it's part of what this is now, but you know, I try to avoid it at all costs because either side of the, like either side of the aisle, you see a lot of like just people just either fighting with each other or just echo or just in their echo chambers, never wanting to hear another, like you disagree with me. So therefore you deserve to die. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it, it's illogical because um, we don't do that in person. You know no. what I mean? <laughs> some people do. Well, they, some people do, and that's also another whole new ball of wax. But yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, maybe I can maybe fish that ball of wax out of my ear and discard it. If only we could do that. I wish. <laughs> yeah. You know, I have a lot to add, but okay. Um, you know, when you can't come up with the words because you have so much, that's kind of where I'm at right now. But okay. um, I just think finding hope in the little things is a really important note to add. Like, just finding the good stuff, the little good stuff. It's those little things that count. Like, I woke up today. Uh, the sun came out today. That's literally what I told Dr. Weber today. I was like, well, I'm breathing and the weather is nice. So I really can't complain. <laughs> so yeah, the little things, I think we don't give enough credit for those little simple things that really do make our lives what it is. Yeah. I think one of the things that helps me is to recognize that people are probably doing the best that they can for the most part. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't know what is going on in someone else's life, but I know that everyone is struggling right now in some way, shape or form. And so to me, a little bit of grace goes a long way, I think, in establishing a connection 
um, and being able to, you know, talk to people and talk about issues. Uh, Jonah and myself and Jake and Victor, we had a discussion on the Discord server today and it could have easily, it was some tense issues, but I think that everyone has this mutual respect that's there um, to allow for those different viewpoints and whatnot. And that's something I worked on with my parents who were both very set in their ways for a very long time. And I was just like slowly, gradually over time, uh, lovingly and caringly telling them about why I think they're wrong. <laughs> uh, and they've slowly started to realize uh, that they were uh, sort of having a skewed viewpoint of the world. Um, but because I love them because as people, right, I'm not going to write them off like I would um, maybe some of the, the Facebook people that I've argued with or whatever. Um, so I, I strongly believe in that that grace, you know, um, and you, you guys see that in my teaching style <laughs> um, quite a bit, probably with the way that most people are like, oh, I have this excuse. And I'm like, I don't even want to hear it. Just turn it in, you know, because whatever your excuse is, obviously it was good enough for you to, to not be able to, to come through. Um, and for the most part, everyone appreciates it and does you know, does their work and gets it in. So, um, Cynthia, anything to add? I'm gonna go off with the excuse. I used to do that a lot, honestly, in the beginning of the year, definitely. And I started going to like this college group, which has helped me in so many ways. Um, I didn't use excuses as much anymore. <laughs> I actually faced up to it and I'm kind of just now like, you gotta think about it own up to it I'm like all right I got nothing <laughs> but um yeah I'm really working on that for sure and social media wise I'm kind of gonna maybe not go on Instagram challenge myself I really like that how Jonah was like I deleted all social media um I don't want to so delete social media because I have a lot of like family and stuff like that on there I don't have wars on Facebook but I have it because of my, my memories. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, I don't go on Facebook either, trust me. <laughs> but yes, I can't delete Instagram because of my the gaming club for sure. I mm. do that. Ah, um, the gaming club. Yes. That we all know yes. and love. <laughs> I don't even post on there, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, recently it's been Marco who's posting on there. So I'm kind of just like, I don't know why I'm doing this right now. <laughs> Um, and then Snapchat, I'm constantly like, when is somebody going to like text me? <laughs> so I don't know if I want to delete it. It's a good idea. You know, I've got a challenge for all of you who might be struggling with addictions to social media. I like to call it the 30 days off of social media challenge where you just delete all of the social media apps from your phone. Don't delete your account or any of that sort of thing. Cause if you don't want to lose it, you don't want to lose it. And that's fine. Just delete the app for 30 days and don't think about it for 30 days and just see how you feel at the end of 30 days. If you continue, if you want to continue going with it, if you don't want to continue going with it, it's just something that I came up with on the top of my head. I don't know if it's a good I'm idea or not. It's just I would have to have a hobby of some sort if I do. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Playing games. 
Um, um, however, I mean, doggy Instagram, I just want to point out is a great place to improve your mental health. My yeah. sister's, my sister's dog, Penny is a red lab and she had bone cancer. And so she's a tripod and they gave her one year to live and she is now three. She survived it. And so she has all these inspirational stories and my sister ha has mm -hmm. a bunch of followers. Um, but it's like, it's like feel good world in doggy mm -hmm. Instagram. Hi, this is Tatum is like my favorite ever. If you haven't followed them, this person does the, the voice for, for the dog and it's hilarious. So anyway, so I mean, <laughs> I have my own, my dogs have an Instagram. It's my Muttley crew. Um, and so that it's all Instagram pets all day, every day, um, which helps me to cope and feel better as well. So good. I what did, else to add? Anything? I, and go ahead, Cynthia. I did want to add. I know a good way I've seen is to journal. Mm -hmm. uh, put down your thoughts and make goals for sure. I've done that. Where I just put goals for myself. Um, you know how they say like do your New Year's resolution. I have done that. That's awesome. And yes, I have completed half of them. It's worth a try, I'd say. So yeah. That's cool. The last thing I came up with. <laughs> okay. Anthony, anything else to add? Uh, it's not the healthiest thing in the world, but I watch the same shows over and over again. I, I've, I've heard. Oh, that is so healthy. That's a sign. Of <laughs> oh, it's not. <laughs> I, I don't care. I, I don't like new things. I like knowing how the outcomes are going to turn out. Hmm. Yeah, That's I do the same thing. I'll be honest. I'm with the you. same way. <laughs> if you guys don't know the special, the Netflix special Inside, I watched it about probably forty times during the pandemic. <laughs> really? Do you consider yourself a Netflix junkie, Anthony? No, I wouldn't say I'm a Netflix junkie. I just say I just watch. I just if I find something that just resonates with me, I want to watch it over and over and over <laughs> again. Dude, don't... you have sorry. Uh, go on. Oh, no, go ahead. I just, it's, that's my, um, it's just like a comfort thing. Cause I don't want, I don't, I only have like five shows that I watch and I just okay. watch over, over again. Here's a new one for you that I'm sure is going to resonate with you. You've got to watch Bojack Horseman. Oh yeah. Everyone keeps, everyone keeps telling me to watch that. Cause I know that dives into mental health and everything like that. I've it does. It's been on my list of things to watch. It's one of the hardest hitting shows that you'll ever watch. I, it's, it, trust me, it's that good. I've seen clips from it. And I'm just like, oh, I, I got to be ready. I got to be ready for this. <laughs> no, you, you, if, you, if you're going to watch it, you've got to watch it from the beginning all the way to the end. Uh, yeah. I mean, I actually, I think I finished season six in two days. It was that good. The first few episodes are a bit of a slog to sit through. But after you get to, I believe, episode six, episode eight is when it really starts getting real. But I think at around six or seven is when it starts getting better. Yeah. Jonah, are you a Netflix junkie? No. <laughs> I, 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 I prefer HBO Max. I just, I just watch The West Wing and just pretend it's real life. Mm. And we don't. I did that too for four years. 
Okay, y'all, we're going on a tangent. All right, Kasten, do you have something to add? No, I'm just saying we're going on a tangent. Okay, so let me ask you guys a question. Do you ever, especially during the pandemic, have these days when you just don't feel like doing anything? Like you can't get anything done? Like you're just... I don't know, April 2020 through August of 2020. Yeah. Anyone else have that feeling? Yep. Yep. Okay. So what do you do when you have that, a day like that, where you're just like. Absolutely nothing. No, I'm joking. I mean, oh, sorry, Kasten, do you want to go first? No, 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 no. Okay. Well, I've actually had a few days like that rather recently where what I'll do is I will, I'll play video games for a little bit, but then I'll get really, really bored. So what I try to do instead is get ahead on some of my classes. Like I'll try to get ahead on some of my homework. So that way I can lessen what I have to do next week. And so that way I can actually have some leeway for when I have to study for my finals and that sort of thing. Sweet. I'm the same okay. as Jonah. I plan ahead of time, like, past couple of weeks I feel like I've been lazy lazy and now that I'm coming up on finals I'm just like I don't want to do anything yeah the very first part of the pandemic I just ate a lot of chocolate (laughs) and I'm not even lying I kept like giant chocolate bars in my fridge because it it like made me feel better um but then I sort of fall into I fell into this like sense of I'm not I don't feel like doing anything um which was obviously depression but so something that really helped me was the eating the frog method and I know I put this in discord and I know I tell everyone I know about it just because it is a phenomenal way to help get yourself out of that motivation rut Um, And it's literally choosing the biggest thing that you're procrastinating the hardest against that's going to take the most effort and the most time and doing it first, like the very first thing that you do in the morning when you get up. So for me, it's after I'm done with my dog walk, I shower, come downstairs, and I hit hard whatever it is that I'm dreading. And you get a dopamine rush from this (laughs) because you've checked something major off your box. That's fine. There are good dopamine rushes and then there are bad ones. And this is a good one. Yes. And then you'd be surprised how many other little things, and they do seem smaller compared to the big frog that you just ate. Um, And so that's what it's called. It's the eating the frog method. Do it the biggest thing, the thing that's driving that you want to procrastinate about, and we all have whatever that is. For me right now, it's grading persuasive speeches. I don't want to do it. I'm avoiding it like the plague. I'll do anything <laughs> before grading those speeches. Um, but yeah, just dive in and do that first and then um, create a list of the rest of the things that you do. The more things you check off, the better you feel about getting stuff done. So that the next day you're like, oh, hey, I accomplished something and so on. And it just sort of pulls you out of that rut. Um, and so if you look under resources, I have that in there. Eat the frog method of productivity. Anyway. 
Um, jo Jonah, anything yeah. else to share before we wrap up? Um, I am not sure. I think I've shared quite a bit already. Mm -hmm. I okay. would like to, well, actually, let me look on my video script to see if maybe there's something on it that I have not yet shared. Okay. Uh, but for the most part, I think I've shared everything that I wanted to. I wanted to piggyback off of the excuses that I know I'm 20 minutes late, but I would like to piggyback off of the thing that I think somebody said earlier about excuses and that sort of thing. And I just wanted to say, if you can eradicate that word from your own personal dictionary, you'll be unstoppable. You'll be absolutely unbeatable that sort of thing with whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish it you will accomplish it like it's like like it's counting to three that sort of thing like awesome. like 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 the minute the excuses go away and the minute that the victim mentality is erased that's the minute that you'll begin to flourish in your own success and that's when you'll feel more accomplished than ever before awesome and Very it good. and that's going to take a lot of it's going to take a lot of time to get to that point but as long as you've got willpower you can do it Every day is an adventure. You just got to make yours count. Are you going to be a motivational speaker, Jonah? I mean, I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to get into a <laughs> podcast where I can do motivational speaking. And if I can't do that, then I'd like to build a business around motivational speaking, that sort of thing. I just need to first get out of the habit of eating junk food all the time and taking naps at th uh, three in the afternoon. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does happen. Um. Uh, Kasten, go ahead. Um, yeah, just thinking about 2020, this is kind of like not advice, but just like showing the human in me. When I was right before 2020 happened, my grandpa died, and he was like my primary parent. Like, and I, I couldn't picture my life without him. So, like, having a pandemic hit and having to be stuck in a place where you don't really feel like you belong like at home where you're usually at your grandpa's like it was really hard I had countless days where I just did absolutely nothing honestly like I just kind of sat there and was like all right I'm still here but trying to figure it out and I figured it out but my point is it's okay to have days where you don't do anything it's only human I mean it took a long time anyway yeah I'm like usually when Kasten checks in with me, she's like, are you okay? It's okay if you're not. <laughs> um, there's nothing more valuable than that, I think. It's just uh, a, having someone there to hold space for you, even if you're not okay, you know, and recognize that it's okay to not be okay once in a while. So let's throw to Kayla, who just joined us. Um, we were talking about sort of what you do to pull yourself out of a funk or lack of motivation or whatever. Okay, sounds great. Um, getting out of getting out of the, the dark places I refer to it can be tricky sometimes. Um, I think it's what's helped me the most is knowing that I have people that I can talk to. Um, whether that be a professional, you know, I mean, I have a therapist, I have a psychiatrist. So, you know, if I have an appointment with them, um, that's definitely helpful. Um, but also, you know, having friends that I can call or, um, you know, talking to uh, some of my family, you know, my 
my parents, um, my brothers and sister, um, just people that have been there throughout my journey and, and kind of know what I, what I deal with and what I've been through. Um, Cause talking to someone that sometimes in the moment, like explaining everything of like how I got to that place and what I'm feeling like I can, I, I don't want to burden people sometimes. And I know that's not, you know, that that's like, that can be the depression or the trauma talking, you know, is like that you like, it makes you feel like you're a burden when you're not. Um, but it doesn't make it any easier to not feel that way sometimes. <laughs> um, so uh, just knowing that I'm not the only person that's struggling, you know, um, that's, that's pretty huge. And then um, what, like, if there isn't anyone that I can talk to in the moment, um, sometimes um, I'll write, um, whether that be in a journal or um, I'll try to like write a poem um, or uh, listening to music can be really helpful just, you know, to have kind of something that'll help me feel something different, you know, like I can listen to some more upbeat, happy, uplifting kind of music and that can help sometimes. Um, and I think my personal favorite is uh, stand-up comedy. I find that uh, I can I can like go and search for a Netflix special, you know, and it just, it gives, it's like me giving myself permission to get out of the funk. Um, Cause sometimes it, I don't know, it can be like a, almost like a guilt trip thing for me of like, you know, I like, oh, I'm not giving myself the time to, to grieve or to process or, you know, when really like, it's okay to not want to be in that place. Um, so yeah, fi finding stuff to help make me laugh um, helps a lot. Yeah. Um, when I was in college, I don't want to say your age because we're all sort of different ages, but when I was in college, this was not something you talked about. You didn't, you didn't share, you didn't say, oh, hey, I have depression or I take medication or anything like that. So to me, the fact that we can all sit here and be open and honest with each other and support one another um, is huge. Um, it's a huge step forward. And I think it helps too, because you know that there are other people like you that are struggling, just sort of hearing that so you don't feel alone in the world makes it a little bit easier. And so what I'm hoping is that perhaps someone who might be listening tonight can understand that you are not alone. We're all maybe in different boats, but we're sort of all in the same storm, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, if you will. And there are people out there that you can reach out to and talk to um, who do care. And they are probably your family and friends. And we need to get rid of the stigma because as human beings, we all struggle. We all go through trauma. We all experience ups and downs. 
Um, and I think a part of being human is, is being there to support one another. And even just coming here and chatting with you guys tonight helps me to feel better, you know. So we'll just kind of go around and see if anyone has any closing remarks and then we'll wrap up for tonight. But I just wanted to thank you all for coming and sharing because um, it's been a, a great chat. So uh, Cynthia, anything else to add? I thank you guys all for sharing and being here today. Um, my last thing would be, like Dr. Weber said, just to turn to somebody. Like, it's great. It's um, Mainly, I mean, don't be afraid to ask for help is the biggest thing, because that was my problem for a really long time. It's just denying that it was an issue until really the pandemic happened. And it all, I said, that just compounded I just compounded it by staying inside and not mm -hmm. and Jonah's piece last week about men's mental health is kind of that I mean I don't have that many male friends who are open about it's mainly female friends who help me get through different parts of anxiety and depression because they seemingly more understand it because as men were taught that you're not supposed to show that the only acceptable emotions you're allowed to show are anger mm -hmm. and that's the role models that I grew up with. That's how my dad dealt with, with anything. He just, you know, yelled about it. And that's how it, it got passed on to me. And I just yell about things. And that's super unhealthy. And it's, you know, it's not good. And especially, I mean, if, if it's, a, it's a dumb way of dealing with it, but for guys is women are a lot better about talking about this kind of stuff than men are. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, you know, you can't be a you can't be an all tough macho man if you don't be a Pillsbury Doughboy first. <laughs> As I like to say, I I think I think I hope it's I hope it, in society it change that it changes. Yeah, I hope it does too because you know to to put it in a not so mean way, I guess you can't be strong if you don't show a little bit of weakness first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I would challenge that being vulnerable isn't weakness. It's, it's a sign of strength. It takes a lot of courage um, and bravery to open yourself up like that. And, you know, you, because, you know, at that point you run the risk of somebody using that against you or, you know, trying to manipulate the situation in some way or try to bring you down and, to know that all of that is possible and stand up and say something anyway, like that's, it takes a strong person to do that. Agree. Yeah, definitely. I think that, I'll say my last few right now. Okay. I think that, you know, y'all talk about how men aren't open and, you know, I believe that, but you gotta understand that when I came out to be diagnosed with bipolar disorder, we had a family friend who was a male my dad's age and he's good friends with my dad and he kind of mentored me through it. So, you know, I, that's something that's, I hear it, but I've never like seen it until just now. Like, you know, I was always taught by my parents and my dad and his friend and my family that, you know, you, anyone need, can be vulnerable. You just need to help each other. It doesn't matter your gender or anything, you know, it's just, and I think that says a lot about like maybe that's some of the ways why I am who I am. I, 
I've never been told that men have to be strong. I was never raised that way. So it's interesting to hear that. Yeah, that is interesting. Uh, Jonah, closing words. As you said, it's okay to not be okay from time to time, but it's not okay to not be okay for the rest of your life. If you've got a problem in life, you should never be afraid to seek help, even if it means showing a little bit of weakness, because again, you need to be weak in order to be strong at one point in your life. And there's always going to be somebody there, even if it's someone you've never even met before, like a psychiatrist or a therapist that's going to help you. I mean, look at uh, look here, we've got five awesome people just sitting here talking about mental struggles and opening up and being vulnerable. So, well, five of you exclude myself, um, but <laughs> uh, I, I wasn't counting myself. I was just counting everybody else other than myself. You know, I, I look at the screen and I see myself at the end, one, two, three, four, five, five other awesome people. But anyways, you get my points. There's always somebody that's gonna be there to help you. And in order to succeed and in order to get the help you need, you've got to bring somebody into your life that might be smarter and wiser than you. And so that way their ideologies can be absorbed. Like you can absorb their ideologies and you can put it to good use. Well said. Thank you, Jonah. Absolutely. My pleasure. Kayla, would you like to wrap up for us? Of course. A couple of things I wanted to say. Um, First and foremost, uh, there are a lot of resources available, um, whether you're talking about, you know, very specific local, uh, you know, we have counselors on campus. Um, We also have access to them virtually. There are virtual support groups through the college every single week. Um, And there are also resources through Riverside County as well. Um, And there's always, always um, the suicide prevention hotline um, so it, no matter what you're dealing with, I mean, me personally, I have schizoaffective disorder and PTSD that comes with depression, that anxiety, psychosis, all kinds of fun, uh, bells and whistles. <laughs> and so, you know, I've, I've had to call that number more than once. And, but I, it's, it made the difference between me not being here anymore and, being here to talk to everyone today. Um, So there's absolutely no shame or blame in any of that. Um, You know, like I said, uh, asking for help is not, uh, it's not a sign of weakness. Everybody needs help sometimes. We weren't, humans weren't designed to be solitary creatures. Uh, You know, we, we operate in, in groups, in, in tribes, and uh, sometimes a part of your tribe needs to be a, a mental health professional. So don't hesitate to uh, make that call, go on the website, send a text message, whatever you gotta do um, to, make, to take care of you and make sure that you're safe and that you're okay. Um, mental health is important and everybody deals with it in some form or fashion. So never think that you're alone in your struggles. Well, we're glad you're still here, Kayla. So please stay here. Stay here. That's my plan. (laughs) Stick to that plan. And no matter what anyone out there thinks, there's someone out there who loves you and you matter to someone, even if it's your dog, right, Asia? Yeah, that's right. Like a man like that. (laughs) Absolutely. Everyone has someone who loves them. So, you know, sometimes you don't feel that way, but I know for a fact, for everyone listening, everyone here, someone loves you. So, yeah. Thanks, Kasten.
And the other only other thing I would say is in light of everything that we've talked about tonight, be kind because you never know what somebody else is going through. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us tonight for Talent Talks Season 2, Episode 7. We will be back after the Christmas break with more interesting conversations. Have a happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays. Bye. Happy Bye. holidays. Bye.